First, to intercept enemy rockets before they could rain down on Israel's civilian population. And second, to expose and stymie Muslim nations like Iran that supplied arms to terrorists bent on destroying the Jewish state. The implications of the Oslo Accord, a supposed declaration of peace between Israel and the PLO, being signed in Washington, D.C., probably helped explain his host unit's reluctance to involve their American guest in this operation. Hopefully the person responsible for reversing the policy and letting him get wet would be revealed to him after the op. Tonight, Jarvis and his four Shayatet 13 commandos, call sign Mercury, comprised the boarding party. Phase one of their mission objective was to board the Muharram, quietly and invisibly, and then provide eyes and fire support for the helicopter infill of an additional dozen operators, call sign Neptune. During the chaos of the assault, Mercury would then transition to Phase 2, securing the bridge and taking control of the vessel. It was a classic Tier 1 SEAL mission, the type of operation he'd conducted with his American unit many times. And even though he was a transplant tonight, he trusted the four operators with him implicitly. They were well-trained professionals with as much, if not more, operational experience as his own unit back home. For us... The drive for perfection is born from necessity, one of the Shayatet 13 operators had explained to him. We sacrifice our lives so that Israel may persevere. They reached the stern of Muharram without detection. Jarvis looked up. From the water, the anchored vessel towered overhead, the freeboard at the stern equivalent to a three-story building. A fingernail crescent moon hung high in the hazy night sky. He decided that the moon, along with the ambient glow from the vessel's anchor lights, would provide just enough light that NVGs would not be necessary for the op. He finned to maintain a static hover, his head barely above the water, while his Israeli teammates moved in beside him. He slipped his goggles into a pouch on his vest, then checked his Sunto watch. They were ninety seconds early. During the brief hold, the team scanned the deck rails overhead for threats and indications they were being watched. On the mark, Jarvis signaled to the operator beside him. The Israeli unstrapped a cylinder that looked like a tiny bazooka and aimed it upward. With a dull, quiet thump, a grappling projectile sailed skyward, arcing up and over the side of the ship, trailing a flexible assault ladder behind it. The hook landed on the deck with a soft thud, and then the Israeli commando slowly and methodically reeled in the nylon webbing until the rubber-coated tines of the hook snagged the rail. The operator tested the connection using his body weight. A beat later, he gave Jarvis a thumbs up. Jarvis nodded and signaled to the others to commence boarding. After securing his fins to his pack, Jarvis pulled himself up and onto the ladder. Constructed from black nylon strapping, the ladder had stiffeners woven inside the rungs to keep its rails from collapsing inward and regularly spaced black rubber bumpers to minimize the noise against the side of the ship. Yet, despite all its genius, the narrow, twisting ladder was a bitch to climb, and it took all his core strength to keep it from spinning and swaying as he ascended. Hand over hand, he worked his way up, all the while fighting to keep his M4 assault rifle from clanging against the steel hull. He reached the top and slid quietly over the rail onto the deck. Dropping into a combat kneel, he scanned his assigned sector for threats. The first two Shayatet assaulters had already cleared the immediate vicinity. Moments later, the remaining two commandos were up and on the deck beside him. 
The bridge tower of the Muharram was located aft of midships, creating an approximate 60-40 split of the vessel's main deck, with two cranes forward and one crane aft. The ship's aft deck was flat to the stern, punctuated by two large cargo holds with removable covers to facilitate loading cargo below deck. The main deck was free of stacked cargo, thereby providing excellent sight lines in every direction. The five-man team quickly cleared the aft deck from the boarding point all the way to the stern without resistance or detection. With the stern secure, Jarvis pointed at two of his men and chopped his hand left, right, and then forward. Then he pointed to himself and gestured to a generator box located on the starboard side, approximately fifteen meters from the stern. Acknowledgement came via four silent nods, and then his team spread out as directed, with Mercury 4 and 5 remaining aft and 2 and 3 dashing forward to take up covered port and starboard positions.